to our podcast. We are the Faith Lift Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. All right, well, good morning. Um, as we are sitting, it is morning for us and it is a very snowy, very perfect January, Michigan morning. Yes, it is. Nice, big, pretty flakes are coming down. It is. It's like, this is, this is like picture card or postcard perfect. And let me tell you, I was sitting in California last week at this time and it was like sunny and 60 degrees, which is awesome and was a great change of pace. But this feels right. Like this is what it's supposed to feel like. So for those of you who are like, oh, it's snowing again, or it's too cold, just <laughs> just put yourself in like the picture of it. It'll help you feel better about it, maybe. Yeah, it's those hot, hot, hot days in the summer that are humid, and it's like, oh, it's so hot. They get me through these days. And it's these days that I think about when I'm in those hot, hot, hot days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go back and forth. Yes. California looks like a nice option. <laughs> At this point, it, yeah. I mean, sunny and mm-hmm. lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it was a good break. Nice change of pace. But this is what January should feel like. Yeah. I love the snow and everything, but I do wish we had just a little more sun. Yeah, we've that had a gray. Nice. Yeah, that would be like perfect. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it is what it is, so... Right. I'm not pushing up daisies yet, as my brother-in-law <laughs> says. It's a good day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is better than the other option. Yep. Good point. Um, and we're yes. going to talk about that option. What a good we segue, Terry. <laughs> and are. I didn't even plan it. Perfect. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, do you want to read for us, Terry? We're going to start out in Hebrews 2, 14 through 17 is where we're going to start today. Okay, doke. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death, were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Yes. So, did you say propitiation? Yeah. Why? Do you so, say it differently? No, mine says atonement. So yes, it oh. does say it differently. Spelled <laughs> <laughs> different in everything. <laughs> it does. It's pronounced slightly differently. Um, A little bit. Yeah, but that well, just goes to speak again into the different versions. Mm-hmm. Um, and like propitiation, propitiation. I don't, anyway... Is it doesn't flow off the tongue. It doesn't just roll off the tongue. Oh, no. <laughs> it does not. So it's just a reminder that if you are reading and you're like, what the heck? One, pray and say, God, help me to understand this. And two, go to a different version. And yeah. if you are um, 
like I have several different versions of translations of Bibles at home, but I don't want to like build this wall of Bibles around me when I'm studying. Mm -hmm. Just the reality and the practicality of it is I don't. So what I do is I pick a version um, for my hard copy Bible, and then I pull up my phone and I pull up my version app because you can go from one to another, to another, to another translation wise with a click of a little drop down and you don't mm-hmm. even have to search for it. So you can just read it in all the different versions and that can help with some of the confusion that might lie. Mm-hmm. Also, you can Google any word you want. They can tell you what it means and you can listen to how it's supposed to be said. Mm-hmm. So, Speaking of which, what does atonement and propitiation mean? It means... I forgot. Oh, I could have looked that up a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, before I said it. <laughs> but it's like, to, to me, it's like a tone. It's like there's a justice in that. Make mm-hmm. payment I look at for. Right, right. And I think this has to do with the redemption that Christ provided for us. Are you guys going after a, a word thing or... Um, I mean, I know the idea, but I can't. Right. The Yeah, so I think it is the payment of sins in some ways. Well, I know that's redeemed. Um, they probably mean about the same thing because they're used um, in there, but it's always good to. Well, it's, it's where God has, has taken away the obstacles to our connection with him. So Mm -hmm. through Jesus, all of the sacrifices through the sacrifice of Jesus, all of the things that would get in the way of our right relationship with him are removed. All Mm -hmm. of those obstacles are removed. All of those big rocks, little rocks, um, little things that would be stumbled upon. um, Like the fear of death is um, actually talked about several times here, the fear of death, the um, power of death, and um, the the slavery to the fear of death. Um, those actually are recurring themes from Jewish tradition um, and are used to illustrate. Actually, I like right here, I saw somewhere um, that it was actually used to illustrate like a stumbling stone that would be in your path to the reconciliation of God. And that, so, yeah, I looked it up um, and that kind of really fits Suzanne, what you were saying. It's it, it, but it also is saying to cover, purge, make reconciliate, cover over with pitch. So to coat or cover with pitch, but to cover over and atone for sin that was there. And then sin absolutely gets in the way of our relationship with God. So it's to, to um, cover that when um, Adam and Eve sinned, they covered themselves mm-hmm. in an effort to um, atone for their sin or cover over what had happened. They knew it was wrong. Um, it can be done legally. Um, but what it does is it's an effort to try to um, restore. I think, what was broken in the sin? Go ahead. I have, in my Google, um, it says, what does propitiation mean in the Bible? 
Propitiation means averting the wrath of God by the offering of a gift. It refers to the turning away of the wrath of God as the just judgment of our sin by God's own provision of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. So, yeah, the covering up of our sin that he provided is our own for us by offering Jesus as that covering. Mm-hmm. So said it. Go ahead, Suzanne. I was just going to say, just let's think about this in the Old Testament. The atonement for sin was sacrificial offerings. Mm-hmm. So you would, and there was, there was something that correlated to the specific sin that you were trying to atone for a dove, a cow, um, like a burnt offering. There were these specific things that were meant to um, atone. So like to, to recognize and make up for the sin that was committed. But Jesus now steps in and is like, I got it. Mm-hmm. All of these things that you're trying to step in the gap for, no more. I've got it. I've got it all. You don't need to do the birds. You don't need to do the cows. You don't need to do the burnt offerings of the fruits and first harvests and all of these things. It, it's all covered. I've got it all. Mm-hmm. Which when we go back to, like we talked about, and we'll talk about this way further in Hebrews, but we talked about this yesterday about the things that Jesus is greater than, and Jesus is greater than these Old Testament sacrifices. And this is where he comes in and steps in to be fully human in every way and make atonement for our sins. Yeah, and you, you said something that you said recognize the sin and, and to cover it. Um, and part of, I think the first step is recognizing our standing without him death. So we have this fear of death. Like, yeah, rightly so because of where we're standing and we need some type of atonement. And you're right in the old Testament, they use the animals and all that, but Christ is our complete. Um, he's the one and only basically he, he died for all once for all to cover that sin or to atone for that sin. Um, I think it starts with noticing our standing, what sin has done to us. And the penalty is death. And there was a statement in here that, I mean, you hear it, it's hard to see it in real life, but except for the matter of physical pain and sadness at leaving loved ones behind, Christians are not to fear death. That's our Kent Hughes. Have you met many people that are like that? That are afraid or are not? Are not. Not, no, no, not many. Some, Mm -hmm. you know, Eric and I um, were taking a ride up north a few weeks ago, and we were talking about being a slave to fear. And most people, it's like, you know, anxiety. We were talking about what is anxiety causing and stuff. And what are people afraid of? What's your fear? Mm-hmm. You're afraid of death. You're afraid of dying. That's what most anxiety is, comes from. And I, it was like a light bulb went on when I saw this um, verse that um, your slavery, you were subject to lifelong slavery, your fear of death. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah. And because I have Jesus, I don't have to be afraid of that. 
Right. Dying now, that's another story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that puts it in different contexts. But death, I don't have to be afraid of that. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to heaven. I know that Jesus, you know, was the propitiation for my sins. Yeah. And so that's where it's slavery. It's always hanging over you. You're owned by it, mm-hmm. basically, this fear. And, um, Pastor Tom was saying something in a sermon. He said, if you're experiencing worry and anxiety, you're in the wrong kingdom because God's kingdom doesn't have any fear, worry, or anxiety. It's this world, this kingdom that has that, right? And it's there because we're believing the wrong kingdom. If we turn and go, I know Jesus Christ has this settled. I don't have to worry about that. I can't, I can't truly die. You live your life a little differently. I can't say that I'm fully there. I got to say, because I don't want to leave loved ones. I I have more things I want to do, you know? For sure. But I have known people who are like, okay, this is the way we're going. This is what's going to happen. And it's okay. You think it's people that are like risk takers? They're not afraid of death. I don't, I don't know that they're, they mean, you know, they're going, all of them are basing that on get going to heaven. That, that could be they, impulsive as opposed to they're just not connected to what's going on necessarily. I don't know. Or they have that thrill of uh, adrenaline thrill mm-hmm. that seems more fun to them. Yeah, I guess maybe they are disconnected from death in a certain way. I don't know. And then sometimes people that are like that are like super connected to death and they're fighting it that way by taking these big risks so they don't have to feel that fear. Oh. That's really interesting. I always thought they're the ones that are just not afraid of dying. Cliff jumpers and people that (laughs) jump out of planes of crazy people. You know, the crazy ones. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (sighs) Yeah, that's interesting. I, I... I'm sure there's a mix of that. Um, I guess the the thing to say is this is more, it's like, yeah, we have that fear, but it's like when we start recognizing which state we're in, are we in a state where we have been forgiven, where Jesus Christ has taken, he has done the atonement. So we have no death. We have no fear. We should have no fear, right? Like Kent or Kent Hughes was saying, except for the pain or leaving loved ones. But I don't know. I just think that's a real different way of living life and what that might look like. What if we believed we couldn't die fully? How would our life be different? We'd live like Paul, hmm. who said, I, I don't, I, go ahead, kill me. You know, right. when I leave this life, I'm going to heaven. Right. And so I'm not afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. So, bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a, um, th- so there's this, this section in the homework where it just has a whole list of scriptures. And I was like, going to kind of talk through a little bit about, wow, when you get like 20 scriptures, like, let's say we're going to propitiation. And it's like, let's say we look at perpetuation, we end up getting 20 verses on that. How do you sort through that? 
So one of the ways um, in the homework is to underline what did he undertake by dying for us? And then what did we receive? And we can underline and do that. But what I started doing, I don't always do it on this one. I put in the margins on one side, what were all the things he sac sacrificed and he undertook on our behalf? I just listed those. And then on the other side, I listed what did we gain from that? And just pulling out some of the words, he took on the sin on our behalf, a curse. He shed his blood. He became poor. He died for us. He was a servant. He was humbled, obedient to death on a cross. Um, he was pierced, crushed, wounded for us. So those are all the things that he undertook for us. What did we gain as a result of that? The righteousness of God. We were redeemed from our sin. We were justified. We became rich. By the way, this isn't financial. When the rich and poor, it's in the blessings of God. Um, we were saved from God's wrath. We got peace and we were, we were healed. Like just such a big contrast on what he did for us and what happened as a result. So sometimes when you're going through tons of scripture verses, it's good to pull those out just to kind of understand it in a different way. That can also, oh, go ahead. No, I was um, just agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really cool to just have that contrast in there. That's how yeah. much that meant. A good flow chart can help yeah. people to understand lots of things, especially when we're talking about different versions, different words, different, um, and some that are not um, part of your everyday vocabulary in particular. Uh, yeah. um, so like if you were to, like Rosemary said, if you, you know, look them up, Terry said when she looked it up, um, you know, different kinds of, of meanings came up. So then you can really dissect it and really dive in so that you can understand a little bit better and how it can relate to what is really um, pertinent. Because one of the things that we talk about is like, okay, yeah, I like, I know this, but so what, how does that affect what mm -hmm. I'm doing and how does that affect me today? And how does that affect my life? And like what Rosemary was talking about listing in one column, like, okay, so what happened? And then how does this affect me? Like, what did God do? And what did I receive? Um, could be real helpful, almost like a little pro-con list. Yeah, it kind of, yeah. it creates a contrast. That's what Didi does a lot in the homework is, is another way to look at scripture. And it could be a whole section of scripture that doesn't make mm -hmm. any sense. Like, okay, look at what happened, you know create that contrast and sometimes you can see it better and then right. it's like meditate on all the things that we gained and we can meditate on his sacrifice i don't know about you guys but when i just let that kind of sink in like i am not worthy <laughs> i know that yeah yeah well, we, we talked a little bit yesterday um, about how, like, God became fully human and fully God at the same time, or how Jesus was fully human and fully God at the same time. And it, it talks mm -hmm. right here, um, verse 17 says, for the reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. So it's because he was able to walk on this earth and because he was able to experience what we're experiencing, that he can then have that great atonement. So 
going mm-hmm. back to what Rosemary said yesterday, that's why a poem doesn't work. That's why a fancy dance doesn't work. It's because he had to live and breathe and suffer like we do so that he could step into that sacrifice for us. There's a really good quote in here um, kind of by David Guzik. And he says, Jesus did not wear the high priest's breastplate. And so it's like the, the high priest would walk in and make the atonement. And so they had these beautiful breastplates of stones that represented each tribe of Israel. And he said, Jesus did not wear the high priest's breastplate on his chest and his shoulders, but the wound in his chest and the cross on his shoulders are an even more eloquent testimony to his heart for us and his work on our behalf. Mm-hmm. That was... And the breastplate was a um, temporary visual reminder, really, to the people that um, atonement was being made for them by the high priest. And Jesus, his were not temporary, not a temporary sign. He bore it in his body. When he came back, after he, he died and rose again, he still had those marks in his hands and his feet to show. They didn't just go away like the high priest would take off the breastplate when he was done with his job and the next guy would wear it. There's yeah, this no is, passing it. Yeah, non-transferable. Right? Yeah. Rosemary's got a oh, her I'm heart, her heart's going here. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Terry, do you want to, um, I mean, that's a great way for us to kind of wind up this whole entire passage here. So do you want to pray for us as we are wrapping up today? Yep. Father God, we're so thankful to you for providing an atonement for our sins. Jesus, we're so thankful that you're willing to take on that position for us, that we don't have to be a slave to fear for the rest of our lives or at all. And we just thank you so much for um, the provision that you've made for each and every single person that would call out for the name of Jesus, that would accept him, that would ask them, ask him into their heart that he would be a covering for their sins so that they too can come to heaven and, um, just thank you again so much for that. And I'm so thankful that I don't have to live as a slave to fear every day of my life, not knowing what's ahead of me, not knowing what's to come. Um, yeah, I don't don't want to go through suffering um, to get and do the dying part to get to death. But I do know that whatever comes before spending an eternity in heaven with you guys, <laughs> is um, in my future and it's what's ahead of me and then it'll be forever in eternity. So thank you so much again for being our atonement and um, just pray that these words will pull on the hearts of many people who are listening. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 